Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanis.org. Once more, we're at the Interference Archive for the Building Resistance Propaganda Party. We are at 131 8th Street between 2nd and 3rd Ave, and we'll be here till 5. So come on down and talk to me about Building Resistance. Talk to me about posters that you're making, buttons that you're making, things that you've found on the street that you've drug into your homes, etc., etc. I have some uh, guests with me in the studio. Uh, Can you just... uh, Go ahead and lean into the mics and tell me who you are. And uh... hi, hi there. Uh, I'm Mary Lynn, and we are from the Women's March Action Club uh, in Brooklyn. We are a Brooklyn-based neighborhood organization, and we are building resistance by meeting with people that we don't know from our neighborhood and forming into subcommittees and taking actions awesome. to see how we can build resistance and 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 bring our country back to the um, way we want it to be. Awesome, cool. And and who else do we have here? I'm Allie. Uh, I'm one of the two founders of the Women's March Action Club. Uh, the other founder is also named Allie. Fun fact. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> a lot of so Allies. It's been a it's been it's a fun Allies. ride. Yeah. Cool. Hi, and I'm Amanda. I'm another member of the group and uh, committee head for us. Cool. So. Um, so tell us about tell us about when you formed. You were just explaining this uh, very briefly, um, how long you've been in existence and what kind of work you do. And yeah, uh, I think I think Allie should probably yeah. feel this one. She is our okay. founder, and we love her. So yeah. why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about it, Allie? Uh, so like many of our members, we attended the women's marches. Um, Allie and I went to the the DC one, but most of our members went to sister marches all around the country and also in New York City. But anyway, we went to the march. We were radicalized by it. We we felt in inspired by it we felt like hey we're ordinary citizens that could potentially swing this like look at look at this wave of people that are up in arms with us and we're both pretty type a Allie and i uh on the bus on the, we were on the mega bus back it's about a four-hour bus ride uh we kind of said to each other at the beginning like hey let's do this let's start a club and and get people together and start making some change and by the time we got off the cl- off the bus in New York City, we had a Gmail address, we had a distribution list, we had our first meeting planned, we had kind of a plan of action to recruit some members, we had our, our broad agenda in mind, and it's really snowballed from there. We have about 100 people on our distribution list. We're meeting regularly every two weeks um, with some other events, you know, scattered in between the, those bi-weekly meetings. Um, and yeah, Mary Lynn and Amanda are two of our committee leads that have been helping us kind of divide and conquer. And and yeah, it's been super exciting. That's awesome. So you guys weren't doing a ton of activism prior to nope. this. No. This is our, this is our first foray. <laughs> and this radicalized you and now you are organizers. Yes. And now we're that organizers. Is, we're organizers yeah. who did not know each other yeah. prior to one month oh, ago. Oh, wow. So you are n- really amazing. new friends and organizers. Yes. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. What a yeah. great story. It is. Yeah. It's been so, cool. So what's next then? 
Uh, all kinds of things. So we have eight committees, and I think that our goals are best summarized by explaining what each of the committees are. We have five committees that are uh, dedicated to reaching out to our representatives. So we have three for our members of Congress that are most represented by our members. So that's Hakeem Jeffries, Nydia Velasquez, and Yvette Clark. So we have committees that are kind of... Um, committed, no pun intended, to basically stalking those those members of Congress in a sense, like following their public appearances, following their stance on upcoming votes in the House, calling and writing postcards and letters when they need more encouragement um, to, to represent the goals of our group and the goals of progressives you know, that we feel across the country. And then we also have two committees for Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand, our New York senators. Um, and then we have some administrative uh, committees. We have a membership and outreach committee that's uh, dedicated to networking with other activism groups. We, we're aware that there have been boots on the ground pushing for these agendas long before we got on the scene. So we're looking mm-hmm. to collaborate with some of those groups, um, expand and diversify our member base. Um, and then we have a social media presence that we have a committee dedicated to. We have an events and actions um, committee that is amplifying events that we can really get behind and try to turn our members out and in, in, in more public shows of force like protests and the rally on the 8th etc that's awesome yeah that's awesome and so you guys have regular meetings then and yep. do you guys want to plug like a do you, I mean you have a, a website now and a gmail address and all that kind we of stuff we have a facebook page and an instagram page um, our our email address is wmactionclubnyc at gmail.com if you want to join our group just shoot us a note and we'll we'll put you on our list our next meeting is on tuesday march 7th we've been running the meetings out of my apartment in borham hill okay (laughs) packing us into my living room so it's how it works yeah Yeah. Um, a lot of hummus a lot of of hummus don't bring hummus if you come (laughs) (laughs) right bring pita bread or something else lebna anything anything other than hummus right okay um that's awesome so i I, so just it's great to hear the the different committees and about uh how the what your plan is sort of like what your strategy is so it's boots on the ground and then also just chasing after uh local politicians And so what what have you guys done so far? I mean, how has that been going? I mean, I've, I've personally been making a bunch of calls when I can, you know, but I mean, sure. it's great that there is like organized groups I about that. I think that one of the things that we do really well for our club members is that we have begun to educate ourselves about what impact things like making phone calls can have. Mm-hmm. I had never called a representative um, before. Um, right. I had never done that before. And when I made my calls, I was so surprised to hear that the person on the other end of the line was receptive, was writing down what I was saying, was going to pass it along to my member of Congress, um, and that it was going to be tabulated. Um, I didn't know that. Um, and so I think that that on on the club level, our members are learning how to be civic members. And on a big level, in terms of what we're doing to change the world, I think our members are learning that it's it's more than just marching around, although marching around is a big part of what we want to do. Right. Um, but that people will listen if we speak. We had some members um, go to uh, town hall meetings. We had some members trying to get audiences with our members of Congress. Um, and that's that's not something I would have ever undertaken on my own. So it's really exciting to see how the club has provided education um, for our membership. Right. Yeah. 
Um, I'd say another thing that I didn't really know was that most of your representatives are holding like uh, phone town halls that you can attend even when they're not necessarily at home in their district. So I think learning about more opportunities than just calling of ways that you can interact with them. And I think that's the best way to sort of find out about things that are maybe more low profile. We sort of follow a few major stories in the news at any one time and there's so much else that your representatives and senators are actually voting on that you might just totally not be aware of. So for me it's been really eye-opening to learn uh, more about how I can actually find out what they're doing and what's going under the radar that I actually really might care strongly about and didn't even realize. Um, so I think, you know, we're new, so we're still learning a lot about all this and what's gonna be the most effective way for us to work with them going forward, but I know I've already learned a lot more about how I can follow what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. it seems to me like you said that, it just it's kind of embedded in the story that you're telling that like you, you were radicalized by this and then you decided to le- go and learn for yourself and then as you're learning new things and how like how government works and how what where we can you know put a wedge and get something done you're just sort of passing that along to the per- the next person who doesn't know which is you know i think that sort of like a fundamental uh, way in which the organizing is just but that's really powerful and uh, inspiring so that's great yeah i think one of the things that we were striving to do when we created the club was we noticed that right after inauguration weekend, everyone was kind of in the state of panic, like reaching out in a million different directions on their own, you know, trying to just handle and call um, their representatives on like a thousand different issues all at once. And what we're striving to do is kind of promote votes that come up week by week, you know, to create like a more targeted approach to the resistance and, and coordinated calls and coordinated, you know, phone banking and letter writing. Like as an example, something we did last week, um, you know, I'm not sure what your listeners' views are on this, but but we promoted a story on Slack, um, which is our, our internal channel that we communicate with each other for a new bill, um, HR 1227, I think, um, which is to decriminalize marijuana federally. Mm-hmm. And so we ever we had a, like a big support for that and, and we saw the value in doing that because you know some of the sentencing that comes out of those petty crimes can be life ruining for a lot of marginalized populations right. which is definitely a cause that we're trying to you know promote like we're trying to protect some of those populations in our resistance work. So basically everyone got on board, we drafted a script really quick, we sent it out to all of our members and we heard back from like tens and tens and dozens of members that called on that bill and and they caught like for example Nidia Velasquez's office didn't even know that it was up for a vote so like we had people calling and saying hey could you support this bill and they were like oh we didn't even know that you know that was something we could support and so that was like a really tangible example of something that we really cared about we brought to our representative they weren't super aware of it and they were like yes I will amplify your voice which was was really cool to see it's interesting, I you know, we sort of make the assumption that our representatives know everything. Right. That they, they can't possibly, right? No, so they we have couldn't. to be their eyes and ears also. Oh, you know? for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't know if any of your listeners are subscribed to, like, ProPublica. It's a website that, that distributes, like, the voting schedule week by week. There is, like, I get, like, 20 emails at 3 a.m. every Monday morning. You know, there's just no way that all the representatives could know what's going on. I mean, maybe there is a way. Maybe that's their job. But I don't know. It, it seems feasible that things could slip through the cracks. So as informed constituents, if there's an issue that you care about and you want to call about, it's worth doing because what if it did slip, slip through the cracks? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, I think that this is so much uh, of what's happening, I think, with a lot of people is that they're just trying to, like, as you said, like learn how to be civic members yeah. or 
you know, I mean, we have a, an obligation not to, uh, you know, not to just be silent, you know, and uh, to stand up. Um, so what else, like what else, tell me, oh, so you guys are organizing around the, uh, uh, on the 8th, right? That's as well? right, that's right. We will have members at the rally at Washington Square Park. Um, and we encourage anyone who wants to uh, shoot Ali an email to join our group um, to join us on that day. Um, I think that it's really important that when we show up to events that we have others that we can march with and other brothers and sisters that we can say, hey, you know, we're here, we're a whole group, we're friends, we're neighbors, we maybe don't know each other very well, but we care about the same kinds of things. Um, so I'm the I'm one of the leads um, on the events and action subcommittee of our group, and so my job is to look for things that fit our mission um, and help promote them to the to the group. So we will definitely be there on Wednesday, and our members will be participating um, in the strike um, and in the the general call and not to spend money that day. Um, right. So we're very we're very excited to uh, to see how it goes, and we're very excited to hear back from our membership about what actions they took that day or what inactions they took that day. Mm -hmm. um, so we're we're very excited. Uh, I should say that our that our group um, has a fair number of men as well. Yeah. Um, we're not just a women's group. Um, we are a women's issues group, mm -hmm. um, but not exclusively yeah. for that either. We're we're generally promoting like a progressive Correct. agenda. Yeah. Right? But yeah, we we've got a group of, you know robust group of guys that kind of stand in the back and, and give us their input and kind of have their own little side conversations going on which is really interesting to kind of sit in on yeah tell me tell me about that how does that how does that play out that's i guess that's one of the things i've, I've heard a couple of people you know mention is just sort of like how how can we include everybody yeah. in uh, dealing with all of these issues especially like people who may not be like or may not feel like they're directly related right. Uh, to these issues, even though I think everyone is, right. you know. I think that's one of the biggest goals of diversifying our group, to be honest. Like, I mean, you know, we're, we have our eyes open. We're, we are a group of predominantly white, like affluent young people living in southern Brooklyn. And we're trying to diversify so that we can kind of plug in to those more marginalized populations and, and kind of amplify their voices, you know, from, from where we're sitting. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we're trying to keep our message pretty broad right now in an effort to kind of absorb as many people with different viewpoints as possible. Um, we're not trying to use like too much marginalized language. And we also kind of try to, and we were just talking about this before we even got on air, you know, things like the rally, not everyone is, is in support of that for whatever, you know, individual reasons that they have. And that's fine. You know, like we're not trying to, you know, create like a doctrine with our group that you have to do this in order to be a member, et cetera. This is something that, uh, has been heavy on my mind as well as I sort of uh, turn this project, which has kind of been an art stunt for a long time, into like a platform. And uh, I've always struggled with this idea of opening it up to um, to other groups, yeah. you know, other than like mine, which again is like, as you say, like, you know, predominantly uh, young, affluent white people. And so like that is, that's a thing. How are you approaching that issue? So Allie and I went to a, a really interesting event last week, which was a summit of all the indivisible group leaders in New York City. And there were some activists that had been doing this since like the 70s. And and I was sitting next to an African-American woman and, and she, you know, she was kind of talking about, you know, listen, it's great what you guys are doing, but there you have to be aware that there are people that have been trying to do this for a really long time. And I kind of turned to her and I was like, hey, listen, like, 
could you give me the list of those those groups, you know? And, and she gave me a whole list, you know, like the local Black Lives Matter chapter and things like that. And we're going to pass that on to our membership and outreach committee and try to go to some of their meetings and shake some hands and maybe do some collaborative events and have them come in and present to our group about what they've been doing and what events they're trying to make a priority. Um, just trying to kind of build those bridges. You know? yeah. We're trying not to do the whole, like, you know, white savior thing <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense you yeah, know like yeah, we're trying yeah. to be really informed um we're trying to be a group of learners yeah we're trying to yeah. just learn where we stand in this like kind of fabric of activism that's that's trying to all meld together right now yeah i've been sort of trying to figure out how to sum that up and yeah. the one of the ways that like one of the things that keeps coming back to me is this uh this idea of like forever the novice you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. You know, yeah. and like trying to just be receptive to like always being in a position of, uh, of the novice and trying to learn. Um, but I think that it's difficult and I think that it's hard when there's so much that's been stigmatized and that sort of thing. Um, great. Is there, is there anything, have you guys been, so have you guys been participating at all in the, um, I know Brad Lander's been doing this, like, yeah. uh, Get Organized BK. I did. I went to one of his meetings. I thought it was really inspiring how many people were there. It was a little bit, uh, like, big for my taste, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I thought it was great what they were doing, and it seemed like people were super plugged in. But, like, just for my personality type, I, I find it a little bit easier to work within, like, the more intimate space of our of our group. But, but I, yeah, I mean, they have great ideas for, like, activism, strategies, and, and all of their subgroups are doing great work. So we're definitely kind of staying aware of all of that. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But, yeah, you know, he's been doing really good stuff. I would definitely say to your listeners that if you're thinking about starting your own action club, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Because one, one purpose that our club serves for its members is that it's a place to process this madness that's been going on. And I think that's even though our, our membership um, might have some different opinions about some of the, the subtle issues with our bigger issues, I think that what, what the group... Um, is for us as an emotional support, a place where we can go to meet with people um, that maybe aren't our partners or our family or our friends. Um, and we can just, it, it's kind of like a little sacred place to talk and discuss, um, you know, talk about these issues that are going on that have really been highly disturbing to a lot of people and, and, and highly sort of, you know, <laughs> existential and life-changing. And then take that, take those uncomfortable feelings and really turn them into purposeful action that we can measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think another thing our group is trying to focus on is the idea of um, making this really about uh, your daily lifestyle. So not just while the Women's March was an incredible, you know, once in a lifetime event, like you don't have to wait around for the next moment like that. And you don't need to wait around for the next presidential election, for sure. Um, You can do small things in your day to day life and just make that a part of your routine um, and I think as you start doing that it becomes easier and easier and so I mean I think like Marilyn just said there's no reason not to start your own group it's intimidating at first but really you don't have to give half your life over to this you can figure out a way to make it a part of your daily life and something that hopefully hopefully we won't all feel such panic and despair right. <laughs> all the time but even when those feelings hopefully go away we can maintain activism and make sure we don't get back to a place where we're feeling that you know in this situation again have you guys felt less panic since uh, the group started have you felt less panic and distress has it been helping you 
I would say for sure. I mean, like you said, meeting people and just sharing your feelings with people is always helpful. And then to me, just taking action, even if it feels very small and sometimes can feel insignificant, it, it does make you feel better because that's all you can do at the end of the day is just pick a few things and, and do them. And that's the best you can do sometimes. Yeah. yeah, and I think as a person who lives off of lists, there's like a certain comfort in knowing that you're taking the chaos of the current political climate and breaking it down into like a more manageable, bite-sized activism taste <laughs> with this group. You know, like at every meeting, we, we set out our actions for the next two weeks and we have lists going and, and it just feels like, okay, I'm doing something. You know, like, yeah. uh, you know, that you can kind of take a breath and be like, okay, I'm not in such a panic state right now and I'm really breaking this down. What are some examples of some more like quotidian things that you've now done now that you're doing this work uh, that you've just sort of like worked into the fabric of your life? Our group support, I don't know if you're, any of our listen, listeners know, there was a special election in Delaware. Um, oh, this was great. This, yeah, this a great was a, story. a really, really cool sign of success for our group. Um, Stephanie Hansen was running for the state senate in Delaware in a special election. And uh, she was supported by Sister District and Flippable, which are two organizations that are working towards flipping seats from red to blue and maintaining democratic control. And, and we really promoted Stephanie Hansen as a worthy candidate. We we did a little slideshow on her at one of our meetings. We encouraged our members to kind of educate themselves and see if they agreed that she was worthy of supporting. And if they did, we wanted them to uh, to donate to her campaign. It was a small local election, but it was really like a decisive election. If her seat went red, the entire Delaware State House would have gone red. Um, it, it, was, it was that close. It was basically a split right down the middle without her seat. And she won. And we had a lot of our members donate to her campaign, and they were very well informed on how the race was going. And then she won, and it kind of felt like oh, cool. You know, you know maybe, yeah. maybe some of our muscle and some of our support really helped maintain another you know state house in right. democratic control so that, that was, was really exciting that was a really galvanizing moment for yeah. me um it, when when i heard the news that hansons had been um elected i, I there was a, a mental a mental shift and and hope started to to bloom up again I, um it was an exciting moment and and i I've never been excited about a local election in Delaware before. I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, my family right. has never um, heard me cheering because someone won a local election in Delaware and that, before. Yeah, that has to be where we start the local elections because if we don't, you know, like the the DNC is not going to pump millions of dollars into small elections. They're not. So by the time that you get to these broader national elections, you're only ending up with candidates that can self-fund which right. leads you into position of, of having more establishment candidates that people don't get as excited about. And we saw evidence of that in, in, in the presidential election. So by supporting these down-ballot elections, you, you kind of build your your stream of, of worthy candidates that are really progressive and, and speak their minds and are more organic. Because if you support them and they get into positions of power, then they'll go on to the next rung of power and, and the next and the next. And, and I think that it's just it's just such a worthwhile cause that people need to be paying attention to these, these down ballot and and Democrats don't have a long history of supporting these down ballot elections. It's been a big thing for Republicans for the last couple of decades, but we really have been falling behind on that. So, so that was a really really cool thing to get our members involved in and to see the value in doing that. And and hopefully we'll see more of Stephanie Hansen, you know, in her career over the next couple of years and see what she does with with our support. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it is something that we've been hearing a lot about that uh, the the sort of 
Democrats are now taking a page out of the the book of the Tea Party just because they really ran a grassroots, you know, campaign. And to their credit, it sort of worked. You know what I mean? I mean, it's clearly we're seeing that happen now. And there has been this, like, egregious gap on the blue side of things. Yeah, we're so fortunate to have that model to observe. Yes, that's a very positive <laughs> thought. <laughs> she's a teacher. She's very. Or she's, she's an educator. She's very positive. I, I can, am. I can tell. Yeah, there's something. Uh, there's something very positive about you. Um, that's great. So I mean, so the way I've been kind of wrapping these things up is just to talk about this concept of building resistance. And I know that you guys have been actually directly uh, answering this question this entire time. Um, but like maybe in kind of like. A short way you can sort of explain what building resistance means to you and uh, yeah um, well building resistance means to me learning and uh, and getting involved to make a better more tolerant world for my daughter who's a little kid and really needs a progressive world to grow up in yeah, uh, building resistance, resistance to me means making that decision to, to go from reading the news on Facebook to calling your rep. I, I think like those small actions and those small decisions built up over and over and over again is what creates change and, and what helps to build resistance. I think building resistance to me is about staying engaged constantly rather than getting engaged every few years or just when something really um, huge is taking place, but making sure it's a part of your life all the time, not just occasionally. Awesome. All right. Thank you all so much for Thank stopping you. by. Thank you for and, having uh, us, Mike. Yeah. Oh, if I could just plug our social media pages quickly because I pulled those up while we were talking. Um, we can you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, we are WM Action Club, and you can follow us on Facebook, the Women's March Action Club. I think that's it. Women's March Action Club. Great. We have a we have a stinking cute logo. Oh, we you have a logo. A it's at. great. It's it's a pigeon with a flag that says resist in it. Yeah. Hold, uh, hold on. What is the website again? I'm gonna dr- I'm gonna bring it up. Um, on Facebook, we are the Women's oh. March Action Club. Okay, I need to. It's uh, it's super cute, and and yeah. I want to shout out to our member, um, Alex Roche, um, who developed it. It it's it's great. It's super whimsical. I think it captures our spirit. Um, yeah, we are the Women's Mart at WM Action Club on Facebook. Okay, at WM Action Club. Yeah. Because I just did that and got women's golf, and that's not what no, we No, no, we're not. We're a separate organization yeah. from right, women's WM golf. WM Action Club. Yeah. Okay. You're going to have to help me out here. Okay. Just because um, I want to see this logo. Yeah, let me see if I can find it. <laughs> no, it's, it's great that you guys are here. I'm glad that... So, uh, have you made any posters yet, or did you you have material we to bring do. to this? Or? Yeah, we actually do, and we will provide that to you. We have a nice little flyer with our with our mission statement. I think is on the back of it, and our stinking cute logo on the front. And uh, nice, we've got those right here. Did you uh, do you have the mission statement memorized? Uh, I have the mission statement uh, main ideas memorized. Okay. Yes. Hit me. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, we could read it. Let's let's read it. Who wants to read it? Oh, it's that is uh, stinking cute. Yeah, Absolutely. It's over there. Um, <laughs> is it a carrier pigeon? Yes, it, it, yes, it's a pigeon. And and 
Did you know that pigeons are called rock doves? I did, actually. Yeah, I'm so a I bird person. Okay, but, yeah. which I thought was really cool and kind of a sign, like a badass resistance animal. A yeah, rock dove. <laughs> a rock dove. It's so, like... The hardiest like, of peace symbols. Right, right. Or the, what I like about the rock dove uh, as, a, as a symbol for resistance is that it's like part peace, part like throwing a rock like it just reminds me of Palestine a little bit or yeah. something like yeah, something yeah, yeah 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 and you know we are we are a New York City organization yeah. and the the pigeon is it's is c- an important symbol of that city it is yeah. it is yeah absolutely and in this neighborhood there are at least there are still people who fly pigeons they have like coops on their roof and stuff like that I've seen um, abandoned pigeons land on my front stoop, yeah. which is a bizarre throwback. Do All right, have I have our mission statement? statement. Let me hear it. Okay. Women's March Action Club is an intersectional Brooklyn-based organization turning angst into action. We strive to make activism a daily habit through grassroots organizing and direct actions. We focus on building relationships with our local representatives in an effort to reinforce our progressive agenda. See, that's awesome. That is, yeah. So you are building resistance. Yes. That is what you do. Try. It's more than hummus. It's, it's much it's more, more than hummus. Hashtag it's more than hummus. <laughs> Don't put hashtags into my head because I, I have a tendency to use them. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, thanks so much for Thank coming you. by and explaining uh, and telling your story. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank All you right. for having us. Absolutely. All right, this is RadioFreeGowanis.org, and we are here at the Interference Archive uh, for the Building Resistance Propaganda Party. Propaganda Hardy, the Hardy Propaganda Party. Um, We just had uh, members of the Women's March Action Club here, and we were happy to talk to them about their uh, super inspiring story about um, how they came to do what they do. So we're here until 5 o'clock at the Interference Archive. It's 131 8th Street between 2nd and 3rd Ave in Gowanus. And you can catch us on 88.5. But you know that because you're already listening. Uh, And now we're going to hear more of this wonderful playlist. Because the revolution will not be televised, brother. There will be no pictures of you and Willie Mae pushing that shopping cart down the block on the dead run or trying to slide that color TV into a stolen ambulance. NBC will not be able to predict the winner at 8.32 on report from 29 districts. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Acres, Beverly Hillbillies, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant, and women will not care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow, because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the 11 o'clock news and no pictures of Harry Arm, women liberationists, and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Keyes, nor sung by Glenn Campbell. Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, or the rare earth, the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be right back after a message about a white tornado, white lightning, or white people. You will not have to worry about a dove in your bedroom, the tiger in your tank, or the giant in your toilet bowl. The revolution will not go better with coke. The revolution will not fight germs that may cause bad breath. The revolution will put you in the driver's seat. 
the revolution will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised, will not be televised. The revolution will be no rerun, brothers. The revolution will be live. Broadcasting from the bottom of the canal, this is RFG, RadioFreeGowanus.org.